It is a night for passion. But the morning means goodbye. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about songs every time. Every goddamn time. Yep. This, this, this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I am one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Hello, hello. Mr. Nathan Harrison. Hello. And the killer of my vibe, Adam <laughs> You killed my flow, man. I killed a vibe, bitch. <laughs> Where are my dominoes at? <laughs> With All a right. killer tape, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Uh, suit and ties are on, uh, people. Uh, it is in the business end of the countdown. We are getting into the most popular songs of 1993. So let's waltz our way into the top 30... With the divine Miss Katie Lang. This is Constant Craving. Craving by Katie Lang. Real name, no gimmicks. Uh, let's throw this one to Nathan, who uh, is probably the one out of the four of us who most closely resembles a lesbian. So I guess I guess naturally we'd, we'd throw this one to you. What does that sure. even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I love this song. I think this is a gorgeous, beautiful song. It's so mournful and so resigned, but there's like there's no there's no bitterness or anything to it. It's just, it, this is what it is. Yeah. Even in that beautiful part towards the end where the melody goes up with the other oh, half, yeah. it comes straight back down. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's just a, an acceptance and a, a resignation. And it's totally. beautiful. I love it. I love the way that nearly all the lyrics are sustained. They're like, there are very few lyrics in this song. True. But she sustains everything. And not only does that obviously showcase her gorgeous voice, it makes it a really, really rich song out of quite concise lyrics. But you know, like, I think... The performance vocally is so, so strong, and that is what a lot of the success of the song is based on, because the melody 
it could go so badly. Yeah. If it was if it was badly performed, this could be a truly unbearable song. But it's not. It's really well performed. I'm really glad you picked up on that thing about the, that change in mood because it's. It, I, I felt exactly the same thing, and it's nice to hear that come from someone else. It's like, oh, I'm not reading into this. Yeah, it's no. It's obviously like, implicit there. There's almost like a little bit of pleasure in the craving at the end there. Definitely, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree. Like it, it, it would be a very challenging song. I imagine this is the kind of song that a lot of people do at karaoke, thinking like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I know how to sing this song," and then they cannot. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't think I love it as much as either of you did. I think it's okay. Lang in general, I always find her to be somebody who is better in ideas and execution for me. This song, her vocals are impeccably wonderful. Like, there's nothing. There's literally not a negative word you can say about her voice, on even on a bad day. She's a wonderfully talented and powerful singer and yeah. unique as well I don't think many people have her voice um, but I just don't think that this song is that impressive the song itself kind of doesn't really go anywhere for me uh, things kind of picked up a little bit uh, kind of I guess at the two third mark when that I guess that solo so to speak came in which I thought was I, I thought there was a bit of a groove happening there after that but yeah I didn't really buy the whole song that much I hadn't heard it before to be honest yeah right um, yeah uh, I, I, I enjoyed it enough kind of thing like that something like the, I did like about it which I guess is Tangentially related, but the video for it, uh, like waiting for Godot, it yeah. makes perfect sense for a song about craving, and it yeah. was really great. And, and absolutely, yeah, yeah it was. I thought that was a really nice touch. But um, yeah, on the whole, the song didn't really blow me away. I can't really see me revisiting it, to be honest. Okay, I actually have a crazy story about this song because I put it on to listen for two for this podcast, and. I swear I haven't heard this song in years, like probably since 1993 or 94, the mid-90s when this was going about, and yet the chorus kicked in and I went, all right, this song, mm. like that's how strong that hook is that I was able to just kind of get into it straight away. It blew me away that I was able to like hear that after that much time and, and have that kind of reaction. Oh, it's not a, it's not a hook that you forget any time. So. No, yeah. Well, obviously not. Yeah. I love this song. I love Katie Lang, obviously. Uh, to me, she is one of the finest vocalists that has kind of emerged in the last 20 or so years. Like, obviously, you can take what you will from her discography, which I, I'm the first to admit is fairly hit and miss. But when it comes to just vocals as a performer, as a, as a singer, she is pretty much untouchable for me. Like, she is such a strong and emotive performer who can get so much out of her out of her work. She is such a world-class performer. Like, she's someone who can go toe-to-toe with someone like Tony Bennett and go pound-for-pound mm. with that guy. Like, they did an incredible live tour and a duets album together, and it was just something else. So, so cool. Uh, I love uh, this track. I think it's an incredible song. I think it's really beautifully written and really, uh, really well-performed. With a lot of these songs, you can kind of tell how much they've dated over the years, but with this one, it, it has a bit more of a timeless feel to it, and I can't say that about many of the songs that we've had the chance to talk about, but I think that you can definitely say that about this track, and I think it's quite uh, worthy of its position. I was kind of... I forgot about it for a while, like you, Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I was actually reintroduced to it through a show called Glee. <laughs> what? No way. Did they do this on Glee? Santana, the character on Glee, used this song. <laughs> I, th- I thought you meant like Carlos Santana. Oh, no, no, no. Her name oh, is Santana. Okay. Uh, she used this song to come out to her Glee club, to, to the Glee club on, on the show. Right. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because the context about this song was, uh, this was like one of the, the album this came off was the first album that Katie Lang put out after coming out. Yeah. Uh, Prior to this, this is really interesting, she was highly involved in country music, from what I understand. I haven't haven't heard it, but she was well in with the country crowd. 
And she, this was what made her partly change her style to such an adult contemporary kind of sound is because pretty much after she came out, she knew she had no future in country music. That she not only came out as a, as a lesbian, but she also came out as an animal rights activist, and both of those things combined. Whoa. Yeah. That she couldn't, That's a double she, whammy for you. And you're Canadian. And, oh, oh, and Canadian. Oh, yeah. Came out as a Canadian. And, uh, it's, not, it's not Canadian Western. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the country. Yeah, not this country. Hint. Yeah. That said, I would listen to the hell out of that genre. Canadian and Western, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Songs about being polite. So yeah. good. Oh, so Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. Uh, before we move on, does anyone know the story about how Katie Lang became a co-writer for the Rolling Stones? Yeah, yeah. Because the Stones were like... Yeah, in I 90, could... yeah, 97, the Stones put out a single called Anybody Seen My Baby, which I think was off the Voodoo Lounge record, yeah, and uh, had this you know big, expensive video with Angelina Jolie in it and stuff like that. No kidding. Um... But the chorus goes, Anybody seen my baby? And when they played it to um, Keith's daughters, they were just like, this is constant craving. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, Dad. What? what? <laughs> it's just like, they, they had no idea who Katie Lang was. They found the song and were just like, oh, shit. So they settled it. And Katie Lang is now listed as one of the songwriters huh. on that record. And she got a ton of money yeah. from that. Because obviously it's a stone song, yeah. so it's obviously yeah. going to get some did, traction. Did we but also, like, they like, clearly, like, even if it was just accidentally and subconsciously or whatever, they clearly took that melody from that yeah. song. Like, <laughs> Do we know what her reaction was to that? Like, is anyone... Oh, she was starched. She got money out of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, was, it was, like, resolved that she was a co-writer before she even knew that they'd ripped it off? Oh, I think she was involved with the settlement, but she, she just heard it. She's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, like when someone... This is like house sitting for you, and and they and they wreck something, but they fix it even better than it was before. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and, then, and then as soon as yeah, as soon as they get in the door, they're like, oh, all this stuff happened, but it's okay because I did all this stuff. And the and the reaction is like, oh yeah, cool. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I forgot we had that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I wrote that song. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Now I I'm pretty sure this is the only time we get to talk about. Uh, Katie Lang in the entire Hottest 100, if I'm not mistaken. So, do we have any parting words for the bench setter of lesbianism? She was the, the first. <laughs> she was the first. <laughs> yeah. That would have been hard to come out. <laughs> <laughs> People just would have been like, what do, what do you actually mean? <laughs> well, to be fair, can you think of any other, like, major lesbian figures, like, prior to her? It shows my ignorance more than, more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I guess. So, are there any of the right girls? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. One or two of them. Not, yeah. not Kathleen Hanna, though. Obviously, Kathleen Hanna was, no. yeah. Married to a beastie boy. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine. They were going to be mine. Um, but, yes, she is a wonderful woman, and I'm very glad that we got to discuss a bit of consecrated. Side note, 1993 Hottest 100. The countdown, you also get to talk about Green Jello alongside Katie Lang. Like, yeah. the same 100 songs. Yeah. Pretty weird. Yeah. That's, that's what we're about. We're about keeping music weird. Diverse. Yes. Spice of life, my friends. Alright, let's roll on. At number 29, here's Ace of Bass with all that she wants.
Specifically, obviously, the two songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the two songs. The two yeah. songs. They are a two-hit wonder. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm absolutely unable to remove my irony from my love of them. I don't know where... <laughs> I don't know where that puts them, and I don't know where it puts me, but I'm perfectly happy. This song, like, if I'm to look at it objectively, I'm happy to say that... Like, the meandering bass is a bit crap, and that sax riff is a oh, bit crap. Man. And, like, the, that bridge, that R kind of thing, like, <laughs> so much about it doesn't work. But when it's on, I don't really care, because the song is just so jam, and I just, I don't know, it's so, so 90s, it's painful. But it's just, it's a beautiful Isn't song. It? I, yeah. I love, when it's on, I just grew to it so hard. But you could write an essay on how crap it is, but also, <laughs> it's just... But mu- musically, like it's all just a weird subversion of reggae. Yeah, like, all, yeah. all the elements. Oh, yeah. Nineteen ninety three has a reggae problem. Yeah, we've, the we've reggae gone through this. crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's weird that you say that. Like all the elements are, are crap, in your opinion, Andrew. Because like I honestly think like you, you take down any individual component of the song, the bass line, even that that saxophone riff or the the flute. Like yeah. each one is each one is like hella catchy in its own right. Like. The, and what I didn't realise about this song because I've only kind of it's it's become so retro now. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. You know, and you can think what you want about that term and the various uses of it and where it sits kind of in a contemporary context. But this was crazy big. This was like number oh, yeah. one in yeah, ten. This, this was, yeah, was gotcha big. Yeah. Like, it was, Absolutely. But this this is just another example in this countdown of how how much crossover there was with really really popular music at the time. Like definitely. this was number one. In Australia and like and so many places around the world and yeah. here it is right at the top of the hottest one hundred. Not right at the you know but it, <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. top end in yeah. the top end for sure. Up in the deep end, that's where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, it is exuberantly nineties as yeah. you did mention. Um, I guess yeah. I think this song has a bit of a legacy, like, you know, it gets played at, like, clubs, and it's just like, oh, it's an old-school jam, and yeah. shit. Yeah, it's, but, it's trapped in nostalgia. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of good for a camp laugh, but, like, like, if you're, like, actually, like, analysing it as a song, like, once you just, like, if you're listening to it on, on its own, without the context, without watching the video, or without hearing it at the club, or whatever, you're just like, oh, this, this is just a bit tasteless, really. Like, not tasteless as in... 
ugh, like disgusting, but like tasteless and as in it has no taste. It's just a very kind of plain affair. <laughs> I don't really. see it. I don't see it that way. Like, I, the, I, I think do. it's a groovy song. I, think, yeah, I like. I love the song, but I'm, I, I think it's like. I think any criticism of it is pretty warranted. We all have a bit of it. We, I think we all have a bit of nostalgia goggles here. Yeah, we can't, totally. we can't, we can't, we can't not. No, yeah. honestly, like I, I stand by the fact that if you take down any individual component of this song, it's, it's just layers of catchiness. Yeah, it's just that's catchy. Like it's there. Like you know what I mean? It's, I guess. And the and the and the chorus is hella catchy. Like that that lyric the. You know the whole thing, the baseline. Yeah, it's, it's all there. Quick, like, it's uh, just... quick, quick round. Do we prefer um, all this, she wants? I was about to ask that. The sign. I definitely prefer all she wants. Me yeah, too. Me too. man, it's the fucking sign all the way. Nah, uh, three against one on that one. Look, no one's saying either of them are bad at all. <laughs> but if you had to, if you had to choose, the two, like, yeah, if, if I had to choose, I'm wonder, choosing wonder. the sign. It's like, Sophie's choice. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I choose it. Hey Sophie, what's your favorite? There is a person called Sophie here, just for the record. And I don't know if she's making a choice. Because all that she wants really is, an, is another baby. Or, or to see the sign. Or to, or to see the sign. Yeah, one, one yeah, the two. They're like, certainly similar enough that you could mash them up pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, farewell, Lister Base. We'll see you in another life. Da 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 da! I want to see Air Guitars people at number 28. This is Lenny Kravitz. But then you're gonna go my way! Number 28. Are you gonna go my way? What Let's, was that? Well, it was half Jewish. <laughs> and half what? <laughs> What's Wouldn't half? you like to know? Wouldn't you like to know? Adam. Sorry. Adam. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You've had riffs in your time? I've riffed. You've, you've riffed in your time? Yeah. Give us, give us your take. Okay. On, on Are You Gonna Go My Way? It's been well documented that I work on commercial radio. Yes. And I have done for quite some time. And that this puts me with a relationship to certain songs. This is definitely one of them. Oh, sure. The, the main context that I have heard this song is within the context of work. Playing yep. it is kind of like a 90s hit. And it's yep. really hard to divorce myself from that context and that perspective. And you know what? Like... I don't think it's necessary to. That's the conclusion that I've come to. Yeah. Because if you, if you ask me, this song is the epitome of commercial rock. 
Like, oh, totally. It's, sure. You can't deny that that riff is baller. Uh, it's a it's a killer riff. It's well executed. But the whole song, in terms of like within the rock spectrum, is okay, guys. Let's have fun, but remember, be safe. <laughs> let's let's have fun, but you've got work tomorrow. You need to be in the office at nine. Like that's that's what this song is to me. Like it's 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 the I idea of that. rock and roll yeah. more than the embodiment of rock and roll itself. It's safe rock. <laughs> yes, it's, sir. It's it your, it's your dad in a t-shirt at, a, at the wedding reception. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a bit loose. Yeah, a couple of champagne. It's it's tucked in, <laughs> Yeah, into the belt. Yes, yeah. directly into the. Belt. I don't think it. I don't think it's that that much. Like that's, that's <laughs> not. He's not. It's not dad core. He's just like, <laughs> he's, but he's just too much of a rock star for it to be that. Like he, you watch him, especially in the film clip. You know, he's got the flying V guitar. He's got his dreadlocks flying everywhere. Yeah. He's an absolute rock star. He's so cool, and he looks so cool. And the way he goes from like the huge verses, and then that like just real eff- effortless. The thing I really want to know is, and then just yeah. like, he yeah. makes it work. It's so it's true. true. Like, it is like it, it in terms of reception, been. in terms of like what it, what it is for the people. Sure, yeah, it's, sure. It's, it's still I'm just, just talking about the song. I think it's a killer song. I think like I'm not denying. It's I a think without track. without yeah. Leonard, it would be like a fairly middle of the road crappy rock song or whatever. I think he, just, him. he makes it. He like he's so much like yeah. Well, it channels that like the riff is so. Like it's a crazily iconic riff these days, but yeah. I, yeah. it's the kind of thing that if you'd never heard the song before and it came on, you'd be familiar with that riff. It's like it's so, true. like in a way, okay, it just apes kind of, I guess, Hendrix and oh like, yeah, I was going to say, stones, but I like, don't think anyone has done a Hendrix pastiche like this faithfully and with this much success. Yeah, like and there is a certain amount of that too, but I don't think that's a negative thing. It's like no. so, like, like all like rock and roll as much as its proponents will like to think that it's so original and stuff like that it's like the most regularly aped genre from the start like sure. all of those classic rock bands are just aping one another and this just adds to that yeah. I don't think in a okay. negative way I think like he's, a good point. he nails it so so yeah. so successfully that it could have come out in 1974 and you'd be like man this new Stone song is a rocker like, oh ooh, man totally I would have loved it. Like, it's got that blues structure as well. Yeah, fully, like, exactly, it's yeah. Just, no, yeah, it, like it, when, they, when, the, when the riff like kicks up like, yeah. the, like an octave or whatever. And that gorgeous where the, the beat sort of falls oh, apart. Down, 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 like, down, down, down. Yeah. It's so like, good. What? Oh, it's, amazing. I think it is obvious as well, but I think this was never going like... He, he would never again... like He would never surpass this. Like This is like really early for him. Yeah, and you could yeah. probably tell at the time that this is going to be... This is it for him. And he's still, he's still active. He's still a long... Serving musician, he's done some other games. Great, he's done some other great songs and appeared in some hundred games. But yes. but he also like it's still just like this is if you if you were seeing Lenny Kravitz live, you'd be waiting for this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You'd be hoping he plays it first, and then you know for the rest of the oh, evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, actually, no. I'm going to give him a bit more credit than that. He's got a couple of other jams. It ain't over till it's over. Is fucking awesome. And I also have to give credit to uh, Fly Away. Just because oh, okay. <laughs> I love I love Fly Away. And come to think of an American woman as well. Well, yeah. that's not his song, but still. But he still plays it. Yeah. He does play that song. Oh, he owns that song. Yeah. Okay, I was... that's, but, but that's it. That, like, he, he just he owns it. Everything he does in this song, mm. he owns it so much. Yeah. It's so much larger than life. He is, he is like Plato's idea rock star in this song. Yeah. Everything okay. he does is just like, I am a rock star. Yeah. And like I kind of I kind of, you know, revisited uh Kravitz up, upon doing this song, just like, oh yeah. I kind of went down the YouTube hole and it got to the point where I was just like, oh I know a lot more Lenny Kravitz songs than I give him credit for. For all the success the guy's had, he's kind of underrated and it's kinda of weird to refer to him like that. But uh 
I I will always have time for this song. This song is heaps and heaps of fun. Like that riff is unstoppable, like mm. we've all mentioned. And I love that Hendrix references even even in the what I really want to know. Yeah, that fully. is it's so, so Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. Yeah. Like you might you might as well have just set his guitar on fire yeah. at the end, you know. That's how that's how dedicated this is. Oh, and that airplane setting on his guitar pedals yeah. during that you know how it's got that airplane taking off kind of yeah. sound yeah, I yeah. love that I, yeah. I just yeah. yeah it's just so cheesy but he just owns it I think like don't get me wrong with my criticism at the beginning I mean context has played a large part in, in colouring this song for me but like I think when I when I talk about it being mainstream and commercial, whatever, there's a lot of plus sides to that. Like it's easy, easily consumable, really easy to get into, and ever memorable. I yeah, mean, well, I think like, I think you guys have probably softened the edge off off the <laughs> off the dorky criticism that I have like, as well. Like I think it's a valid point. But like, um, can't get no satisfaction is mainstream and accessible as well. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. nothing, like rock and roll is mainstream and accessible. Yeah. Like, okay, this is rock and roll. I'm on board. Yeah. Rock and roll, people. It's never gonna die. A somber mood has been cast over the hottest 100s and the 1000s office, people. It's time to talk about Tool. At number 27, this is Sober. with Sober. Now, there's a lot of opinions about this band that are about to get thrown about the room, but before I, we tell you that story, I have to tell you this story. This band is very important to me and my siblings. We all have very different tastes in music. I have an older sister and a younger brother. We've all been raised on very different stuff. Uh, my sister was into a lot of pop and R&B and sort of stuff. Uh, my brother got into hardcore punk. I got into literally everything that has ever been released ever. So it's rare that we have a crossover where all three of us are just like, this is awesome. But around the mid-2000s, that's what we had with Tool, with the release of 10,000 Days. That was the first Tool album that we were all really actively aware of. Like, obviously they'd released records before in our lifetime, but we didn't know who they were at the time. Like, I discovered them through a Hottest 100 uh, compilation CD, ironically enough, uh, when they came in, uh, I believe at number two with Stink Fist, 
in the 1996 Hot wow. 100. Wow, Stinkfish got that high. Yeah, sure did. Talking about that. Indeed. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, and they die at the end. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, 10,000 Days was the record that really... Uh, uh, brought us all together, and it was, yeah. it was more of a, like an age thing. When yeah, they were I released guess. And when they you were, know, we were like around. 16, 14, and seventeen at the yeah. time. So, so you're musically aware. Yeah, yeah. So we're the average two age fan. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is true. And so, yeah, that band came to mean a lot to us, and you know, we got into them quite a bit. Uh, all three of us actually went to see them live last year at a relatively empty All Phones Arena. Like the top half was completely curtained off. Though that was. Probably about 8,000 people there. Well, it's less, less than the amount of days by some <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, the math checked out. Yeah. <laughs> it is really difficult when you release albums as sporadically as Tool yeah. does to maintain any kind of consistent fan base. But I mean, like I, think... I said, like, even despite that, they put on a good show. It was way better than when I saw them at the Big Down uh, the year before. Or maybe the year... Oh, a couple of years before. I can't even fucking remember. Yeah, I saw them at yeah. the side show. Yeah, it was fine. Like, it was a good, it was a good time. It was a good show. Uh... When it comes to Sober, this is one of my favourite songs of theirs. I think this is one of their best songs. Huh. Uh, I have always enjoyed this. I love uh, the way that the guitar builds up. Being a one guitar band, it, it you know it has a lot of work to cover. Like it has to kind of keep a rhythm going, but it also has to kind of throw in those like lead bits as well. And I think uh, the guitar work on this track is excellent. I love. Uh, the way that Maynard shifts from his lower key into uh, the higher octaves when as the choruses progress. So by the end, it's just like, Ooh, I and I love when he gets to those higher notes. I think that's awesome. Uh, it actually kind of made me wonder if Tool could possibly be a singles band. Because when it comes down, like, obviously they've released some great albums, but when it comes down to it, when you look at their singles, you're just like, Oh man, there's some like the best like alternative rock songs of the '90s in that little batch there, and some absolutely awesome singles from their last two records as well. well from all the records, mm. really. Overall, yeah. overall, I I realize that they're an incredibly divisive band, uh, and once you're locked into an opinion on them, it's very rare that that kind of changes. They have just as many people who actively despise them as they have people that will. Uh, endlessly worship them in every single thing that they do, and uh, as uh, Andrew will know, it is it is very yeah. difficult to be a tool fan. That's the, it is literally it is, suffering. It is literally suffering. That's the problem. I don't have anything in particular against Tool. I just think they have perhaps the worst fan base of modern rock. They just their their fans are so fucking vapid. I won't hear a goddamn bad word about Maynard and how Pussyfire Records are somehow worthwhile. Like, <laughs> you should probably tell the story about that that literal suffering. Oh, just the guy on the Tool subreddit moaning about how they haven't made a Tool record in a long time. Mate. He didn't, didn't get to see them back in like the classic days of them touring. So he's clearly a fourteen year old. Yeah, um, <laughs> saying like he can't. He's probably born in nineteen ninety three. Yeah. And well, that's still way older than this guy is. <laughs> um, and the logic that they, I can never going to see this band again. And being a Tool fan is literally suffering because it's so difficult to comprehend a life without more Tool music. And that's the kind of person that is a Tool fan. I know that you currently, it's totally unfair to judge a band by the fans. Case in point, I like Radiohead, but I would I hate admitting I like Radiohead because I'm actually then a Radiohead fan. But as a Mister employee once told me, you're, you're only, only as, as good, good as, as your fans. fans. And like. <laughs> To a certain degree, the band do like it, cater, it. It does cater to that audience. I like Tool enough. 
I got into Later Rylas when Later Rylas was released. I enjoyed it. And then when people... But then again, I enjoyed Later Rylas and I picked up on certain things that were kind of cool about that kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But then within months, people were saying that you have to reorganize the album's track list according to the Fibonacci sequence that is in the song because that's how band, the band intended the record to be heard. So only Tool fans are that fucking neurotic. Right? Like, I just enjoyed the goddamn record. It's not like... It, 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 Plus, it's, it's Baby's First Experimental Metal. Always play. <laughs> like, people who can't fathom King Crimson go to Tool. And then when Tool... And then when King Crimson opened for Tool... Ugh. And look, I'm getting off topic because Sober is a great what song. What do you think about Sober? Yeah. Well, yeah. Sober is a good song. I enjoyed it enough. I think... I've always kind of liked it. I think it's one of the... Uh, it's... It's probably the most exemplary sound from those first two records, I think. Um, the riff is fantastic Maynard's voice I've always loved to be honest um, it's a perfect antidote for that kind of late 80s early 90s metal that was even more I'm going to say for babies um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, you, know, you mean like you mean like Jesse the song about the dog <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it about a dog <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just about a dog yeah but yeah I think like, honestly, the riffs are heaps tight the production is fantastic um yeah, man, it's brilliant. The drumming is brilliant. Everything about your song works oh, fantastically God. well. Oh, the drumming is Danny, insane. Danny Carey as a drummer, like... I, so I, 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 so I, two fans tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, like, it's, it's one area where the Tool fans kind of do have a point. Every single member of this band is a fantastic musician. Oh, totally. But there's better very people in all of those areas, though. And everyone's just like, oh, he's the best drummer in the world. Oh, no, no I, would, I would never say Danny Carey is the best drummer in the world. people say that, though, is the problem. No, but he's a very... He's a very genre I'd say he'd be up there. Yeah, he's a very talented drummer. Yeah. I enjoy his drumming a lot because he makes really, really interesting choices. Yeah. I'd say he's, he's, I don't know, he's one of the more inventive drummers that yeah. I listen to. Because he just makes interesting choices yeah. with his drumming. Like, yeah, that is true. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deny that they're all talented and they, they, they do write good music. Yeah. And I actually, all four of their records, only have four, yeah? Oh, yeah? Yep, four, four proper. Yeah, four, yeah. yeah. I, um, I enjoy all four of them. I, I honestly do think that all four of them are good. I even have love for the apparently crowd dividing 10,000 Days. Sure. Um, yeah. I think that, that, that album is very good. It has some very pink Floydian tones that I think were very interesting, um, particularly in the title track. Um, mm. That kind of long experimental prog rock vibe. Yeah. Um, and again, the fans were divisive about that because it wasn't true, it wasn't true metal. Or something. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, you're but, the worst. Yeah, you're the worst. That's the thing. I, I find it difficult to remove the idea of Tool fans from Tool, which is why I'm never able to love them as much as I perhaps. Oh, totally. I, I totally yeah. get that vibe. But this song is a really excellent song. I, I don't think it's quite good enough. Like, like compared to say songs like, say, I guess the cliche ones like the song Later Isles, for instance. Mm. Um, it's probably not quite as good enough to be able to remove itself from the tags of. Metal or Tool fans, but I do think it's a very top song. Yeah, uh, Adam yeah. probably has, I'd say, I'd say the most intense uh, relationship with with Tool out of all of us. Like Tool and I kind of dated for a while. We had a bit of a fling, but you we guys, were together. Yeah, you guys were whoa, talking. Whoa, whoa. We, you guys were at the we, level of like talking about kids one in, day, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys moved in together. Yeah. We we dated in high school. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you were high school sweethearts. I definitely, me and Tool. It was it was there was a year where all I was listening to was Tool and the Mars Volta. Oh man. Um, yeah, it, did I say one year? Probably. A few. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like a year eleven and twelve in high school. That was that was basically my listening. You throw in a little bit of Muse occasionally, sure. maybe some Coheed and Cambria. That Oof. was that was the diet of of late late stage Adam in high school. Yeah. So I don't know whether I ever became a Tool fan though, because some people would still what? speak some. Yeah, I like I was a fan of Tool, but I don't know whether I was ever a you know like you were never literally suffering. I was never. <laughs> I was loving it. Like I was I was really enjoying Tool. Um, 
I've encountered Tool fans because yeah. I said like, oh yeah, I like Tool, and people saw that as an end to, to start talking about the Fibonacci sequence stuff and yeah. how if you if you mix certain tracks together over certain ways and whatever and yeah. like, and you know what like. I fully believe that Tool as a band encourage their fans to be that way and I, and I think they yeah. find it funny I think there is a reason why the band is called Tool and well, I think it's because they want to put the name Tool on merchandise and make people walk around with that like well, that they, is the they, conclusion they, I came to the logo of theirs is a spam in the shape of a cock and balls that like but again yeah. That's, yeah. that's just something I want to be so up. cerebral yeah. <laughs> I actually <laughs> intelligent band and this is kind of where I come in with Sober because this is like the early stage Tool and I think their whole aesthetic yeah. back then was way gritty way dirty it's very different way, totally. way like kind of grungier yeah, before, very, they, very before they started getting into the more psychedelic progressive uh, like kind yeah. of this, I, I hesitate to use the word spiritual, but that's kind of the aesthetic. That aesthetic, yeah. The aesthetic absolutely. that they were playing yeah. with, that kind of mind opening, there's, there's a bigger thing going absolutely. on. And, you know... Do this DMT, see God. <laughs> the DMT tool is probably yeah. the best way to put it. Like, when, when lateralis kicks in or whatever, I see a lot of the sounds that happen in Sober as being like proto-tool for the tool that is to come that I enjoy a whole lot more. Yeah. This is their pop song. Like, this is, this is such a pop song It is me. a great song, though. It is a great song. I agree. I, I'm going to disagree about Maynard's vocal performance. Like, I think really? it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit laboured in this track. I love it. I think it's, it's it? certainly the better Maynard performance in this countdown, as opposed to, to Three Little Pigs. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to tarnish Tool a little bit more right now and refer it back to that. Green You'll Jello. have your moment. You'll have your moment. Green Jello come let, let Adam wrap up. It's hard. It's really hard for me with this song it's one of those songs that when you love something so strongly in an earlier stage of your life especially as a high school band it's like yeah. you listen to it again it's like am I actively you loving know, this yeah. am I loving it for what it is am I loving this because I know that this is what I should do based on habit am I loving the fact that I used to love this Yeah. what is it that I'm actually well, enjoying it's like, it's like I'll never like, be able to objectively talk about friends or wrong yeah I think that's the no, same no, with no. me yeah. and Tool and especially this song which I am more on the on the fence with than certainly other moments in their discography right okay I guess I guess the conclusion I have to kind of come to is yeah I really like it yeah. but I don't know if, for what reasons and there's sure, cer- yeah. certainly a little bit of ambivalence there yeah. but maybe I'm overthinking it no, no, we've, we've a Tool fan we've, overthinking we've, we've, heard two, we've heard two sides like of you know a very a very shaky bridge so uh Let's uh, let's throw it to Nathan. Now, I'm just gonna push us over it, I guess. Oh, okay. Where I, where are you? I don't like Tool at all. Like, yeah, I, I, I not really. Like it, I, when they played well, the idea when they played at the Big Day Out, I skipped that and I saw Violent Femmes instead. And I feel like that yeah. that somehow communicates my feelings towards Tool. Like I get that they're all very accomplished musicians, and Maynard is is a talented vocalist, but I never feel anything when I listen to their music. I can appreciate it because I know that there's a lot of complex stuff going on, yeah, okay. but I never feel anything. And I think there's too much artifice built up all around it. And and like there's so much talk about Tool being a really intelligent rock band and, and all the stuff. And I just I disagree with that. I think putting the Fibonacci sequence in a song isn't smart. Like that's it also it also isn't correct. Like it, I've checked that yeah, out. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out properly. It only like, kind of does. Putting a sequence in a song isn't. A, like a self-validating reason. Yeah. Like I, I never get any anything from why they do any of this stuff. And so, as far as I can tell, it's just like, oh, we put the sequence in because, like, isn't cool. that interesting? But and cool. And I like, don't know no, whether they not. actually did. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's some it's it's readings and readings and readings from the, no, the, the fan base. That's again, definitely like, like that is 
that got though if we're talking about not in Sobo but that Fibonacci yeah, in Lateralis yeah. that's yeah. definitely intended to be the Fibonacci sequence yeah but it also fits musically it's not like it's, no, it's obviously, artists yeah. for the well, sake it was, of yeah, but, but but music was I, I just feel like there's so much stuff like that's put in there just for the sake of being there so that they're an intelligent band and I think it's it's Absolutely shallow, and I—at least for me—I so never, paradise. yeah, I never get anything underneath all that, mm-hmm. and it never makes me feel anything. I can appreciate that it's like well-constructed music or whatever, and people love it, and good on them. Well, this is um, quite an emotional song. Like it's—it's it's dealing with uh, addiction. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, you don't, like, you don't feel, I don't any feel of that. anything. Like, Not even I, with this I, one. No. Okay. Like I, like you know, reading about us, I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's about all these things. Like yeah. that's you know pretty heavy stuff but it just I, I don't get anything from it I think this is one of their more emotional songs now that we've we've touched on this like it's probably Whoops. this yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that just that just kind of proves that you are not a not a tool fan or a robot or a robot <laughs> but I like the cure yeah. so yeah. no not a robot. a robot robots are like the cure <laughs> no. they're like daft punk <laughs> But I, I, I buy the emotion of this song as well, like I should I should mention as well. Like that's something I we're turning back to it now, you know, sitting in my inside my ambivalence, the one thing it pushes me over is kinda of like, wow, like this is this is really heartfelt and kind of especially that chorus. Like it's 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 mm. genuine despair and frustration, which I didn't really know the emotional vibe of it to be honest. You didn't didn't yeah. dig like, on that? No, all the, when I do enjoy Tool, I enjoy them for I guess the reasons that you've been critical of them, which is like, it's surface level and it's cool. Like they're just like it's there to be enjoyed for the sake of it and that's the only that's, that's what I get from this song and, and I enjoy it to a sizable amount I suppose but I still think it's surface level cool I yeah. didn't feel I didn't really feel anything from it I enjoyed it well spoiler alert we do get to talk about Tool again at some point uh, a few so, different points uh, a few different yes. points indeed all the way well, up four, four years apart each time yeah, all the, <laughs> yeah of course all the way up to 2006 yeah uh, but in the meantime please keep on literal suffering we have one last song to talk about in today's episode. And if you thought we got angry about Tool, then you ain't seen nothing yet, motherfucker. At number 26, this is F. You are. With Somewhere. Somewhere. person and you'll know i mean they don't come up to you and say i am the person but you'll know because you've seen that face and heard that laugh and been lost in those eyes somewhere somewhere Somewhere. Somewhere. they're just around the corner but if you break into a run every time you get to a corner you won't find them because they're not there yet they're somewhere the first time you get that feeling it's like being because you don't really know what's going on and I was 18 at the time so I really didn't know what was happening anyway I saw him and I just thought oh if he doesn't kiss me I'll die so I followed him to the men's room and he said it me and I said it him and we go for dinner and then we go for it full on room service love we're talking swoon croon moon in June we're talking Mills and Boone man we're talking love 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 love, love. are at number 26 with Somewhere. I think there's only one thing that we need to say about this song and it's borrowed from our good 
friend Adam. No, you, you can feel free to use this. I, I am wholly uh, for putting this on. All right. Well, in the words of Miss Adam Muncher, fuck, fuck this song. song. Oh my god! How fucking awful is this fucking this is, piece of shit? This is future. This is <laughs> yeah. crazily, insanely puerile. Perhaps yeah. the E17 worst song. is fucking Mozart yeah. compared to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not this is the shittest song so far. Yeah. Oh, Easily. unquestionably. It's yeah. insane. It's, uh, it's mad. Does anyone really want to begin and try and explain what the fuck this song is? Yeah, well, I could start. I mean, obviously, it's trying to be alternative R&B. I mean, that's what it's listed as. That's what it's trying to do. Take R&B to a new place. I could not agree more with the idea behind alternative R&B. I think if there's anything that needs an alternative, it's R&B. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm all for that. This is this is not it. I mean, no. this is this is like this These is like, are not the droids you're looking for. No, and the like the whole musically, it sounds like someone put a turn of fucking Casio keyboard. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Casio yeah. keyboard returns. The demo, yeah, the demo theme with the bass yeah. turned up and mm. the meandering pissy fucking story she tells, and it's yeah. wildly uninteresting. There's <laughs> no fucking story. Yeah, it's not even about a terrible relationship. It's just about a kind of crappy decision she made once. And then the, the, the creme de la creme of it is at the very end where she, in the final verse, she says that she speaks about like, oh, if something happens, just jump off a cliff because you'll land somewhere. And it's completely an unrelated fucking moral to the story. If yeah, I was at a party sense. and someone told me this story, that would, would be the low point of it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be about. I could have gotten beaten up at that party. It's still the low point. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I would get told the. I would get told this story at a party, and then the next night on the evening news, a man has completely murdered <laughs> yeah. an entire group of people at a party. Party massacre. Party yeah. massacre. I actually stopped listening at two minutes twenty, so I missed wow. the last two minutes of the song. Yeah. How, did anything it's interesting fun. happen at the end? Uh, we well, will play it to you after this. Yeah. I'm not interested no, in that. No, <laughs> Fucking loans. The very end of it. No, says, but he needs to hear the whole. Thing. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I've checked. I don't. At the very end. Uh, yeah. She's, oh yeah. The way the way it ends is just her, like the, the music cuts, and she just goes, "Oh, I'm over it, lovey." Yeah. What? 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 Honestly, it's, it's so bad that it could almost be a parody of a bad song. It's that. It's that level of shit. Do you guys know about uh, Fua Baker? She's not a musician, is she? No, she is fucking not. She's a. She's she a motivational speaker. She is a celebrity fitness expert and trainer. Yeah. Right, this is what this is what Wikipedia says. British celebrity fitness expert and trainer who also had a music career in the 1990s. Of course, she not, not even her fucking day job. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and you can oh, does it reason. sound like it's her yeah. fucking day no. job? I'm glad it's not. I'm really glad it's not because she'd be destitute of a word. <laughs> oh my god, totally. So the question that we are faced with asking is why. Why yeah. is this why here? Is this why here? are we talking about it? Twenty six. Yes. How is it? This, this is number twenty six. Who, who was this? This is beating out hunters and collectors. It's beating out crowded house. Even Tool will beat out Tool. Oh, yeah, R.E.M. Gloria! Tool fans are going to, like, they would, yeah. in 1993, clearly, what? There, there was, like, it, it made some resonance in 1993. And I probably, somewhere. it was a joke song, maybe. Like, it was kind of a disco so. kitschy, ha, huh, this is a bit shit, but maybe no, not. No, I, I, I reckon that's probably I have it. no yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, there's also a mimetic component, because from the YouTube comments from watching the clip or whatever, which is where I, I viewed this track, everyone was kind of on the nostalgia train a little bit, going like, oh yeah, I remember when everyone was walking around saying, like you do, which is a line, sure. is a line from yeah, it, you yeah. know, like... Kind of like the, like, I guess, the, like the was up. Meme. You know what? Like, I, I could believe something mimetic yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, it, it just, makes just, sense. It just kind of penetrated the cultural consciousness to some extent. Maybe just by being there, yeah. and maybe yeah. it was so tacky that. But this people is exactly just started the kind of thing. quoting it. When people, well, when you hear, I guess, 
to a certain degree, it's raucous bullshit. But when you hear people talk about mainstream populist labels pushing for disposable trash pop yeah. and it gets popular this is exactly what they're fucking talking about this, yeah. is the, yeah. this is the kind of thing that you know that Steve Albini would have some hilarious rant about because it's just so vapid and pointless oh, man. Steve Albini yeah. if you're listening we've got to get him on the podcast <laughs> I'm too scared to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> no one else would but that makes that. a lot of sense if everyone was just imitating this and that that would be why I had the audience though. People yeah, still yeah. purchased it and voted for the party. Absolutely. Thing. 1993 mm. must have been a terrible time. Yeah. Oh man. Like, not even slim pickings. Like, you look yeah. at the other songs, you're just like, how the fuck did people get this shit in? Yeah, it's brutal. How did this get made? Is my genuine yeah. question. Yeah. Like, oh, well, she was actually dating someone who was a genuine R&B star. Of course she uh, fucking uh, was. Yeah. Uh, boy... Sleep your way to the top, kids. Oh. I can't remember what the name of the band is or whatever, this but is it's, not it's, on all, it's on all music if you want to check it out. It's near yeah. the fucking top. Honestly, it's putridly, insanely bad. This, yeah. We've already given it too much credit by speaking about it for this it's long. It's true. Yes. We're done. We're fucking done. Fuck this song word what song <laughs> I wasn't aware there was a song at all who is F1 four songs in this episode okay <laughs> as of today this song no longer exists delete <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of hottest 100s and thousands thank you so much for listening and getting involved with 1993 uh, before we get out of here, we are going to be talking about our favourite songs this week. Uh, obviously, we have all decided on what our least favourite song is, but uh, we you might... You got lucky, Tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But, oh, um, I, Please, let's... Tool fans, don't hate Nathan too, <laughs> no. too strongly. Nathan's, Nathan's address is... <laughs> so <do> literal suffering. <laughs> yeah. If you want to email Nathan, it's literalsuffering at gmail.com. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to pick Constant Craving for my favourite song from today's batch, just because I'm a raging queermo. Uh, Nathan? I don't know. Can I can I pick all three? Can I pick Katie Lang, Ace of Base, and Lenny Kravitz? If you want. Well, then I'm doing that. All right, party on. Uh, my Stop picking. Uh, <laughs> just saying. I mean, it's fine. For me, all that she wants just edges out the Tool song. I do pay, like, as much as I was quick to crap on Tool, and I'm always happy to if anybody wants me to. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, Ace of Base, all she wants is my favourite. Side note, was heaps scared about talking about Tool with you? Because even as, as people... Angry man. <laughs> because even as people, like, the, the vibe I've always got is that you hated Tool. Yeah. Glad to see that you don't no, I hate don't. Tool yeah. as much as... This, I'm, I'm familiar with all four of their albums. This, is, this yeah. has been an immensely reassuring time. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad. I'm so, glad. sober this is for the you? beginning of a beautiful friendship. You know what? I'm not going to say sober quite possibly could have been my number one song, but I'm going to go Katie Lang because right it, it was it was such a surprise to hear that song again and remember it after all that time and like kind of discover it. I enjoyed the discovery of it a heaps more. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, thank you again very much for listening. We're on iTunes. Remember. The great rate and the true review, but only the strong subscribe. So do all three of those things and we will love you forever. We're on, we are on Facebook and we're on WordPress. So go to those places with 100S, A-N-D, 100S, and uh, the rest will follow. Until next time, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. <laughs> on behalf of Miss Andrew McDonald. <laughs> on behalf of... Mr. Adam Butcher. 
Sober. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was judging whether or not to do it. <laughs> took, took too long. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere! Oh, my name is David James Young. Keep music. Da 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 da. Goodbye. And now, a dramatic reading from Andrew McDonald. I was really late getting into Tool, but I've come to realise that I've literally been sucked into what I refer to as a Tool vortex for the past two years now, to the extent that I've completely stopped listening to all other forms of music and have little interest in other music that I used to love. Actually, I have very little interest in anything else because I think about Tool practically every day. In my free time, I've been reading whatever I can find online about Tool, researching inspirational references that they've mentioned in interviews and watching bootleg videos of their concerts posted on YouTube, all of which makes me feel like a shameful and creepy internet troll. My favourite YouTube videos are from Opiate Pusher, but I've been having this problem that whenever I watch the videos I feel physical pain. There's something about seeing low quality 90s video from the vantage point of from inside the crowd of a tool concert with a handheld camera that captures only part of what an experience must have been, and I can only imagine what it would have been to have seen them live. The feeling of loss has manifested itself into a significant empty hole that now painfully exists inside me, knowing that I'll probably never experience a tour concert, and I feel deeply depressed that I missed out on that in my life, because when they are touring, I was too young to go to concerts. I'm forced to just suck it up and it blows. I know that Maynard's got a million things going on with Pussfire and his vineyard, and being an artist myself, I can understand that it's annoying when your fan base is attached to your older work that's a completely different period in your life. You can't just go and back and recreate it, but holy shit, being a Tool fan is hard. It's literal suffering. I just wish there was more material for the newer Tool fans that missed out on the whole concert experience. And if there was anything that could soften this heartache with my raging Tool obsession, it's more than just spending my money on shit. Does joining Tool Army help anyone? Velvet Slippers Club? I'll keep myself busy in the meantime searching for my third eye, with the hope that I can drown my sorrows one day in a bottle of his Anubis wine. Hottest 100s and thousands is filmed in front of a live studio.